You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Alex Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. And joining me as always is my co-host, Joe Pritchard. Joe, are you doing better this week than, let's say, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders fans? Always. Okay. I wasn't going to go to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense, although I might have. (laughs) Um, They needed a bye week one week too early, that's all. uh, (laughs) right. Right, yeah. Yeah, they, they dragged it out. They dragged it out there. They stalled out that bye but they couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> they have to take it this next week. Well, listen, uh, I'm on a timer this week, so we're just going to jump right into last week's games, talk some next week's games, talk some playoff scenarios like we like to do on the Ruth White and Blue. Okay. Um, let's – well – I guess, you know, we'll start at the top. But I wanted to touch just briefly on these first two games to give you my unified theory about these two games. Uh, Joe, of course, we're talking about Edmonton Elks 26, at Saskatchewan Rough Riders 24, and Hamilton Tiger Cats 48, Winnipeg Blue Bombers 31. My theory is this. I think that the Elks and the Bombers had kind of like a a Freaky Friday, Freaky Saturday body swap thing. What do you think? You mean with their opponents? (laughs) (laughs) No, because Edmonton Edmonton was who they always have been. Really? They're They're capable of staying in games, but and every so often they just get their doors blown off. But that happens. It's happened a couple times this year where they just don't show up, but they're usually at least competitive. And when you're competitive long enough, you're going to catch a team like Saskatchewan that's struggling. And if you're competitive, you can win that game. But here's the thing. The Elks were the big play team of the week. Where has this been all season? Okay, I've got the uh, the 77-yard, of course, to Dylan Mitchell from Cornelius. Cornelius, 56-yard run. Remember that? He just kept going and going, and he's on the second level. He's on the third level. You know, it was incredible. Uh, Kevin Brown, 14 carries for 109 yards. He had a long of 36. And uh, Darrell Walker put in a 40-yarder as well. I mean – that's what hit me about. I mean, there were more big plays from Edmonton than there were from all the other teams this week combined, which is not to say that there weren't, well, there was at least one really great game. But, I mean, that's what blew me away is where ha- where has this been all year, this big play offense? Yeah, it hasn't been there all year. <laughs> I mean, but I, I guess they were due, right? Yeah, I, it, it's kind of an outlier thing where everything comes in at the same week because they've been waiting so long. But mm. I mean, also, um, you know, there was the nice comeback 
I mean, they were down in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Saskatchewan actually retook the lead the second half, which was also unlike them. I guess this goes back to your <laughs> to your body swap the opponent. But, you know, on that final drive, Cornelius was three or four for 38 yards. Um, and, and he did enough to set up Sergio Castillo, who also had a big game. He had like one ridiculous kickoff that was like over 70 yards. Uh, you know, just a really impressive game by these Edmonton Elks. And, and you know, for their efforts, uh, two of the top performers of the week, the official CFL top performers of the week were Cornelius and uh, linebacker Matthew Thomas, who only had one sack and seven tackles, but his team had seven sacks. And, and he was really there for that, which was for me, this was the loss that the Riders did not want. I mean, no, no. I mean, you know, the defense generated zero turnovers, and like I just alluded to, the offensive line gave up seven sacks, and the fans pooped. I mean, and they kept and they kept Edmonton alive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a I, long road to hoe for Edmonton to make to make anything of it, but Edmonton's not dead yet. Well, not in this game. Okay. Not in this game. When you're running. When your running game is averaging like eight, nine yards a carry, I mean, it's just you can do what you want with that. Um, now, again, I wonder if do you remember your thinking uh, in picking the Riders last week, Joe? Yeah, I, don't I, mean thought, to they were I thought they were the better team, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they didn't play like it. No, their offensive line has. The week, the couple weeks before that, they're facing the Bombers' defensive line. They had the sickness going on. They were weak because of that. They didn't recover. Cody, okay. was, Cody was playing, was running for his life most every play, and he was still hanging in there and keeping the team in the game. But they had no right to be in that game the way their oh, yeah. line was playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really yeah, don't want he, to hear anybody giving Cody crap this week because no, he no, did everything no. he could. Yes. 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 His 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 team had all but deserted him at points in this game. And he was still uh turning something on. However, um okay, because I wanted to talk about this. I mean, again, like this is the point in the season, I think, when it's very bad to be trending downward. Now the riders have the bye week next week. But it seems that for a few weeks now, they've been doing the down slide here. And uh, now, with this Ticats win over the Bombers, guess what? That crossover is in play again. It's Yeah, it's no guarantee anymore. Yeah, three weeks ago, we thought this wouldn't happen. Now, um, I was going to talk about this a little bit later on, but I'll just get this in here. If the Ticats beat the Owls this week, and then win that game against the Riders, which all of a sudden has high significance for the playoffs. Um, they've got the spot. Well, they've they, got the they, spot. If they don't have second, they have third with six wins. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and then and then you know there's the tiebreaker to figure out because Montreal might you know be tied with them at that point. But well, if Montreal and Hamilton are tied with six wins, along with Saskatchewan, right. Saskatchewan's right. the odd one out no matter what. So. Right. It doesn't matter. So again, like here's 
here's Hamilton in charge of their destiny. Now, starting to get a little bit scared because I'm a fan of an Eastern team. Uh, so, you know, I'm starting to get that PTSD about here come the Thai Cats. Uh, are the Thai Cats coming to? Give me one more week on that. Okay. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Well, yeah. That game. Yeah, the Montreal game is huge, right? Because, mm-hmm. okay, at this point, I would give them the Riders game. I don't care if the Riders are coming out of the box. I give them that. And if they're a serious, you know, even a, a, an 8 8 contender, or I'm sorry, a 9 and 9 contender, um, they're going to beat the Red Blacks both times, both of those games, right? So so that's at least three wins right there. Uh, the Montreal game, yeah, right. You're, you're good to defer to the Montreal game because that is the big one. That's going to determine a lot about the east side of the table. Uh, and if Hamilton wins, again, that makes that uh, no crossover a lot more viable. Uh, even if Hamilton loses to Montreal, but then it beats the Riders. They're only half a game back. I think that point. So right, all they would have to do is catch the Riders in the standings. Right, With right. The crossover, the crossover team win, or the potential crossover team wins zero tiebreakers. Right, right, and then Hamilton gets two more games with Ottawa. So good, really lighting a fire on Saskatchewan there, who again seems to be on on the downturn now. Okay. Let's talk about Hamilton Tiger Cats 48-31 over the Bombers. Um, I got a little bit of shot at Friday here, Joe, because I, I remember that the Cats have put up about this many points against the Owls uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was quite traumatized by it. So I wasn't too sad to see them do it to your guys uh, for the sake of the show. Sorry, Joe. I know that's, that's bad sportsmanship and whatnot, but... Just gotta well, be you true. Gotta right. t- you got to if you're if you're a Montreal fan, you got to take your wins where you can get them. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially since Hamilton won this game, so I got to get something. <laughs> so, but again, the Thai Cats really seem to play like really a perfect game, especially that second quarter, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, you know, I said this a few weeks ago. This is very common with these with these. You know, I guess in the CFL, it's a it's a fifteen and three or sixteen and two team where those losses that snap these massive winning streaks are usually like unexpected. It usually comes when nothing goes right for the Bombers. And for example, this game, uh, you have the fumble six, which really opened those floodgates in the third quarter. Um, on the other side, here's Hamilton. Um, you know, they characterized this as a um, career game, quote-unquote, over at the official website, cfl.ca, and recapping this game for Dame Evans. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is certainly the best game I think he's ever had in his career. 25-32 for 327, five touchdowns against zero picks, very un uh, bombers opponent like performance but again like okay so how much of this joke do you just put on to the second quarter and just the snowball effect because again point, with I, yeah with, that there's that there's also the fact that the winnipeg defense made zero plays in this entire game yeah and i have to and if i have to circle one part of the unit that wasn't that really wasn't clicking at all 
the defensive line could get no pressure. Yeah. Evans wasn't sacked, didn't throw an interception, yeah. no fumbles, yeah. nothing on the defensive ledger. Yeah. So that's yeah. what leads me to go, okay, they clearly were exhausted. They weren't right. able to show up the way they have been all these. it's it, it was an easy one to write off and just go, okay, these things happen. We'll see you next. We'll take the bye and we'll see you after that. Because right. clearly they needed it. Uh, right. Evans was back there cooking a hot dog, you know, sitting at the grill, waiting for his receivers, wait, wait, waiting for his receivers to get open. Oh, okay, boom. Yeah, he made the he made the throws he needed to make. But I mean, he he sat there with a sundial of <laughs> amount of time here, just sitting there. I got all day. Yeah, he was able open? to. Here he was go. able to run over to the sideline, get the play, run back into the pocket. And then make pass. <laughs> yeah, that was it's like a very, it's a it was a very unbomber like performance. They usually, yeah. even if they're not running up huge sack totals, they're usually making life difficult for the opposing quarterback. Oh yeah, and sometimes the opposing quarterback's gonna have a good game even when you're even when you're in a shirt and in his face. But that wasn't happening this this game. Yep. That's part of the reason why I want to say let's see about next week because we know Dane Evans can play well. We've seen that before. It kind of looked like the Hamilton team everybody expected to show up early in the season. Right. Right? Everybody right. was thinking Hamilton's, you know, got to be better than this. Got to be better than this. They showed they can be. I want to see them do it against a team that actually puts pressure on Evans because that's where the turnovers and the interceptions were coming from. Turnovers, interceptions, fumbles. That's where the second half was unraveling is once – one thing happened, they'd get snowballed. Mm. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to see, I want to see if they can keep this, keep this up, because so far this season they've been very inconsistent in being able to keep that going for long periods of time. Well, I'd be surprised if they can score forty every game. I mean, they've done it a couple of times. Jeez. Um, yeah, right. Good point. Good point. I mean, again, like the uh, bomber stat line. On defense, pretty much looked like the rider stat on defense, and I guess if zeros, you're the right, I guess if, zeros, guess, lots yeah. of yards given up, lots of touchdowns. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you're the riders in that situation, you score 24 points and you lose, and if you're the bombers, you score 31 points. So, <laughs> and that's the difference there. Okay, uh, final game. Wow, wow. Edge of your seat kind of stuff. BC Lions 31 at Calgary Stampers 29 in overtime. Vernon Adams first start for BC. <laughs> uh, I know that uh, CFL media wants to rave a lot, but I was taking notes during this game. Okay, and there were some moments. There were some Vernon Adams moments in this one. Uh, you know, very early in the game, very normal stuff happening, but then. Get down to the second quarter. There's about four minutes left. Okay. Vernon rolls out, right? Hits Burnham for a bunch of yards, right? Okay, great. Play. Everybody's on their feet. Yay. Awesome. Bravo. Next play. He drops back. The line crumbles. Okay. So so the talking heads, the, the, the play-by-play guys are like, he's going to have to run up the middle. So he takes a couple steps up the middle. Backs off, dodges a tackle, 
goes, goes back up the middle a little bit more, gets hit, strip, fumble, touchdown. That's Vernon Adams. There you go, in a nutshell. With a minute and a half left in the game. Okay, and this is where I thought that the Lions were sunk and Vernon Adams was going to have to go into a deep depression again. But it was like there was about 90 seconds left in the game. It's tied 23-23. And Adams got hit with that bout of indecision. Looked left, thought he was going to throw. Rolls out a little bit, looks right, gets that. You know, loss of yardage, made the second down play, had to play. I thought it was over. I thought it was over. And then Paradise missed it. <laughs> like, I mean, like, in the end, what did you get out of this one, Joe? I mean, I, how many games can the Stamps lose like this? I mean, this is just nuts this year. It's almost like all those wins they had over the last decade where they won games like this, the slate's finally starting to give it out on them. Because their wins, the, the losses they've had to Winnipeg the last three, four seasons, all the same way. Always close. And in the end, it's Winnipeg making the play that they needed to make. And that was what Calgary did for a decade before that. Oh. Um, I say as far as on the BC side goes... They have confidence that Vernon Adams can move the ball. Their offense was awake and very oh, yeah. Sure, Adams has the tendency to either pull out the spectacular or the unspectacular. He, it's never boring to watch. But that offense knew that they could move the ball, and you could tell. And that makes them dangerous again. And that's what I was waiting for is to see if that offense have a spark to it. And they did. Well, yeah, it was coming from a lot of places, too. I mean, Adams to Burnham looks fantastic. I mean, they went, even in the first game, when uh, Vernon Adams knew about 12 plays in the playbook and all of them were completions to Burnham, he looked good in that. But this game, it's like, yeah, okay, that's one of the better batteries in the CFL right now. Uh, it's about 100 yards for, I think, eight catches in this game. Uh, it's just no touchdowns, but just you know, constantly moving the ball forward. Uh, but the, the, the one that really got me was uh, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler, two-sport star, right? Because he also plays for the Miami Heat. Uh, he had 13 carries uh, for 83 yards and two touchdowns, including including what turned out to be the game-winning touchdown, that sweet sort of like wide-open run. They really broke up the hole for him. That wide open run on the uh, in the overtime uh, for 18 yards, 18, 18 yard touchdown run in overtime in the CFL. You don't see that too often, so that was pretty sweet. But uh, great game, huh? Great that was definitely week. Yeah, that that made slogging through the first two worth it. Really? Oh, because I was kind of into I was kind of into the Elks game. I mean, yes, but that was not a pretty one to watch. Eh, yeah, every once in a while, every once in a while, Edmonton did something fun. So I, I really love the big play for that game. And I'm not just saying that because I have the Elks money line. See, I told you that was going to pay. I told you the Elks was going to hit. However, I was cocky enough to take, to take both Calgary and Winnipeg minus a whole bunch of points. So. You know, it wasn't so good at the end. I, I guess I ran away with myself after that first, you know, Elks pick. 
let's talk about picking Insert next the week. Adventures in Gavlik right. here. Adventures in Gavlik. Uh, right. Well, we're going to talk about that for next week's games in just a minute. But um, scenarios? Yes. Here, they go. Scenarios. here we are. Yay. Okay. So in the West, a BC win means that they clinch a playoff berth and Winnipeg clinches a home playoff date. Because at that point, Winnipeg could not finish third because Calgary would fall too far behind. Right. Hamilton loss and an Ottawa loss means that BC clinches a playoff berth because they couldn't fall. Even if they fell the, fell the fourth, they'd be in a crossover position no matter what. Wow. Calgary win and what I just said, the Hamilton and Ottawa loss, means that both Calgary and BC have clinched playoff berths. Same scenario. Either one of them finishes fourth, they're going to be ahead of Hamilton and Ottawa. Okay. So out east, a Toronto win and a Hamilton loss means that Toronto clinches the East's first playoff berth. Oh my God. This is just dawning on. This is just dawning on. For for the long term, I should be invested in a Montreal loss this week. I should, because if 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 Hamilton, okay, okay, wait. So if BC clinches a playoff spot, that doesn't mean that there automatically will be a crossover. No, it does not. Right. Okay. Sketch okay. one is in the crossover spot right now. Right. right. If they happen right. to get to find their game and win four straight, and BC or Calgary drops to the bottom, and all of a sudden, one of them is in fourth. Well, they've got enough wins to have the crossover. To still be the crossover. Okay. Right. So, again, the East number three team is fighting Saskatchewan. Yes. Basically. So, Hamilton's yeah. four and nine, Saskatchewan six and eight. Mind you, the East third team automatically has a tiebreaker over Saskatchewan no matter right. what. Right. 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 Yeah. Sure. Sure. Hamilton just needs to beat Saskatchewan. Hamilton needs to lose to Montreal this week. Hamilton Tiger Cats, two and a half point underdogs at Montreal. Um, I guess they're giving Montreal the benefit of the doubt here uh, based on home field, based on slightly short week for Hamilton, based on bye week. <laughs> Jeez, I don't know. All right. You want me to go first? You're going to go with Hamilton, aren't you? No. Oh, you're going to go with Montreal? Okay. All right. Tell yep. me why. why. Why Montreal? Because Montreal has a pass rush. Okay. Okay. And I want to see, before I start believing Hamilton's for real, I want to see a game where Dane Evans handles the pass rush yeah. and doesn't make the critical mistake. That's been the problem he's had all year. We know he's talented. I hope this is a blip in his, in his career because I like watching him play. He's struggled this year when the chips have been down. I want to see him under pressure with the chips down and see him come through before I'm going to sit here and tell you Hamilton is chasing down Saskatchewan for that spot. <laughs> well, I guess. I mean, I mean, what I wonder is if this game wasn't the anomaly, you know, the way that he's the way that 
Evans has been playing this year. You know, I mean, because I mean, the other thing, too, is that you talk about critical mistakes, but I'm just checking the stats here. Yes. Before this game, Joe, before this game, 10 touchdowns versus 13 interceptions. That's just make that that's not just making the mistake at the wrong time. That's making the mistake all the time. I mean, seriously, he's, and good he's for, been hurt for a few games. He hasn't played all the games, so that's right. more than an interception a game. Right. And he's Which almost, in this that's day and age, two interceptions a game. Yeah. In his case. You know, it's like that's, I mean, against, you know, a touchdown and a half. No, that's no good. That's no good. No. If you're going to be Kurt Warner and throw three touchdowns versus two picks every game, that's something else. But he's not doing that. You know, Vernon Adams, who's going to be doing that by the end of the year at this point. Um, you know, it's just, just no, wanna, no, no. I, I want to see. I want to see more than just the one holy crap game before I'm on the right. wagon. Right, and and this might be one of those outliers, right? I mean, Jesus, he had ten TD passes before this. He had half as many touchdown passes in this game as he's had all year. I mean, no, no, no. It may be a fluke. It may be a fluke. Um, so, I think you're right. I think we need to see next week. I'm going to say go Owls and take the Owls. I'll even take them minus the field goal because I, I don't know if Ottawa is going to go. Uh, Hamilton's going to go two overtime games back to back. So, yeah, I, I'll go with Montreal. I'll, again, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, we did have that one ugly game against Hamilton, but we've looked okay since then. So I'll go with that. Now, all right, Toronto is – just two and a half point favorites at Ottawa. Both of these teams are coming off the bye. Um, now, again, Toronto wins, they clinch a spot. And Hamilton loses. Oh, oh, okay. Which Toronto is going to happen? Be, Toronto would be eight and ten, or would have eight wins. Hamilton would have ten losses in that scenario. And Toronto owns the tiebreaker. So Toronto could fall no lower. Because Toronto winning would also mean Ottawa would have 10 losses and they'd have the tiebreaker over Ottawa. That means right. that Toronto could finish no, no lower than second if they win and Hamilton loses. Wow. Yeah. And Toronto looks like the only team in the East right now. I get the feeling that Ottawa is going to put the fear of God in Toronto this game, but I still think Toronto's going to win. Ottawa's, probably... Ottawa's at home, so until right. further notice, I have to take the other team. <laughs> ah, the Edmonton strategy. <laughs> they both have ridiculously awful home records since 2019. Yeah. Oh yeah. What happens? What happens if Ottawa plays Edmonton on a neutral field? <laughs> I mean, is it like 51-50? I mean, then to you, be just then you, like then you flip a coin and somebody <laughs> wins, somebody loses. If we could find a way for them both to play the game on their home fields, then nobody scores ever and we're here until you know the end of time so let's not do that yeah okay now here we go the last one could be a barn burner again seeing as how it's calgary versus one of the best teams in the west probably will be the line here is perfect it's calgary stampeders plus one at bc <laughs> um Okay, now for me, the key stat here is that when Vernon Adams was starting quarterback for the Montreal Alouettes, he had, I believe, 56 opportunities to get back-to-back -back wins and didn't convert one of them. 
Okay. And that's not a real stat, but that's how it felt. Okay. In those years. Plus, okay. I, I just can't see it happening for Calgary again. I, I, I can't see this heartbreak loss. I can't see BC winning two games in a row. I can't really see Vernon Adams winning two games in a row against Calgary. However, he could be better than last, you know, as these relationships with the, you know, maybe the top three receivers in the CFL, you know, grow. I mean, he can only get better. Now, on the other, other hand, I think Gunslinger Adams might come back too. So, you know, as the season goes. So again, I think, I think there's a three touchdown, two interception game coming from, Vernon real soon, where that third touchdown is in the fourth quarter. I don't think it's this one. I've got Calgary. I think Calgary is going to win by a little bit, a score. So did you know that there's only two quarterbacks in the league with a positive record against Calgary? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You're going to tell me Vernon at 1-0 is one of four and two. Sorry. Oh, you mean career? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because there was always that um, hex on Calgary in Montreal uh, in those years, where you know we'd win four games, but one of them would be against Calgary in Montreal. <laughs> so, okay, that's career. So, who, so who's the other one? Well, the other one's your guy, right? Uh huh. That's got to be. What, what's he at now? Like seven and. Five, maybe? I think it's eight. I think it's eight and five. Eight and five. Wow, that was a pretty good guess. Yeah. That was pretty good. Um, okay, eight and five. Wow. There's a lot of classics in there, too. A lot of great games in that, book too. All right, what do you think in this game? Do you, do, you, do you think the Lions can go back-to-back against Calgary? I think they can, and they're at home. Wow. So, I mean, it's not nearly as big of a deal when they're at home against an Alberta team because the time difference is so minimal. But they always do have a little bit of a bump when they go home because of how late the dang games are sometimes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I think the BC offense believes that Vernon Adams can help them. We've seen that play out. I just don't see Calgary having enough firepower. Wow. wow. Yeah, you could be right. And Vernon has a terrible game and they lose. But as long as, and think looking forward to October, November here, as long as Vernon doesn't have just an implosion of a game here and right. lose the confidence of his team, right. even like a 35 31 loss yeah. or, you know, 26 to 23 loss, where they just get outplayed. You know, he make he doesn't make a ton of mistakes, but he makes a couple. You know, just as long just as long as he can maintain the confidence of that offense, BC is a dangerous team. He loses the confidence of his teammates. It's going to be a long end of the season. But as long as there's no implosions here in the next couple of weeks, I think right. he's going to gain it and keep it. Yeah, as long as he doesn't have like a two and five. You know, two TDs, five picks. As long as he doesn't have one of those. Right. You could just fun. see the difference between the games where yep. Burke was a starter, then in between, and now Vernon, the last game with Vernon. You could see that there was a spark again. It's been put out there 
on CFL Twitter this week. Uh, it's a little bit early to do this, but I've been thinking about this. And Joe, I wanted to get your insight. Okay, next season, Bo Levy Mitchell is playing quarterback for? That's a good question. <laughs> it okay. really truly is. The follow-up is, next season, Vernon Adams is playing quarterback for? <laughs> that depend. That depends on what happens to Nathan Rourke. Yeah, 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 yeah. But jeez. So I mean, if, if A it, happens, then B happens. But if A doesn't happen, right. then B happens. Right. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, but but unless Rourke, you know, decides to go play practice squad ball the NFL, and he's coming back, I mean, you've got to sell high on. Adams, right at this point. And again, well, let's, just... ta- let's talk about next year for a moment. Okay. So BC's up in the air as to whether Rourke's back or not. If Rourke's not back, then it's obviously going to be Adams. Right. If not, then Adams is out there along with Mitchell. Calgary's clearly got the future invested in Jake Mayer. Edmonton just made a Splash by taking Taylor Cornelius for the next couple of years. Yeah, with some guaranteed cash right away, right, right away. So they clearly have some investment there. I guess he won. I guess he won the sweepstakes because at the beginning of the year they high-profile signed five quarterbacks, you know, including Dre Ford, and said, "Okay, guys, fight it out." So I guess Cornelius came out on top. <laughs> yep. So they have an investment in Cornelius. So Cornelius is going into next year as a starter. I'm thinking. Whether he stays that way, who knows? Yeah. But he's going into next year as a starter. Yeah. Saskatchewan's going to be interesting because they could do a lot of things. I mean, yeah. it, that's going to depend on so many variables. It's hard to make even a guess. Do they make a change in their front office? Do they make a change to head coach? Do they make a change in coordinator? Do they make a change of quarterback? Like all of those are in play. So God only knows what they're going to do. I think Winnipeg's pretty set. Assuming nothing <laughs> catastrophic happens. I think Montreal is going to stick. I think they'll stick. I think they're sticking with Harris. They seem yep. to be invested in Harris. Uh, Hamilton. Hmm. Right? The rest right. of the season is going to tell right. that story. Right. Ottawa is in play. It uh, just depends on what they feel like Missouri can come back and give them give them another season of quality football after the entry. And they have Nick Arb. Buckles insurance for the moment. And Toronto's got uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson, who's just been competent, competent and putting up yardage and touchdowns for the last couple of years with nobody seeming to really think that he's doing all that well until you look at the stat sheet and the standings and then go, it's better than what people are saying about him. Right. 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 Um, okay. All right. How so, about this one? There's no real obvious places for either of those two guys to land at the moment. Well, I'll tell you, Ty Cat's Twitter has Bo Levy in a uniform already. I mean, they they're convinced <laughs> they're hook landing sinker over there. Ask but, me again. Ask me again in three weeks. But man, the cognitive dissonance if he went over to uh, Saskatchewan would be awesome. 
That would be awesome. <laughs> Fans would have a Are we real supposed tough time to cheer or boo right now? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the colorblind fans would be especially at a loss, but you know, everybody else is gonna that's gonna be a real disconnect there. Now, as a bombers fan, I'm sure you're still pretty cocky about this year's Western playoffs. However, do you have any level of fear whatsoever about BC going forward, assuming that Vernon evolves into this offense and the rest of the team plays with this spark that they have? If Vernon clicks there, that then October and November have just gotten very, very interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So you you would not want to see them coming down the pike after like a 30 to seven victory against Calgary. Not really. No. Okay. All right. Cause you might, that might be what you get. That That's on the what... table. Yeah. I'm going to tell you it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, it's probably these... in the high range of possibility, you know, the, the upper range of possibilities for that team right now, but it's there. BC Montreal. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, right. now. Let us, let us get, let us get the first, Grey Cup in that stadium, and then I think the Bombers are going to fade slowly over the next couple of years, and then you can have your turn. <laughs> oh, you think? You think yeah. you get uh, this one? Are you still you're still sticking with that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we okay. got the first we got the first regular season win there, first playoff win, yep. first West final. We're due, right? It's just okay. that's wow. the progression's there. Let's finish it now. But that's, but that's your crazy rubric. That's. <laughs> There, there's no law of football or nature that says that has to happen. I would love to have done all the first in their stadium. We're so close. Let's just finish it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I also yeah. do nope. think that the Bombers core is aging at this point, and you can tell this year. So, yeah, yeah. There's a lot more. Whoa, Justin Jefferson, <laughs> you know. Hey, what a great game! That doesn't that remind you of like three years ago? <laughs> There's a, been a lot more of that this, you know. Adam Big Hill looked like Big Hill of old. Yeah, there's been yeah some of that. So I I, I don't think fi- I don't think five in a row is in the offing. If that's what you're wondering, <laughs> I wouldn't turn it down though either. Well, the damn COVID year, right? Otherwise, I mean, by now we might be seriously putting that in play. You know, uh, because, damn, I don't see how anyone would beat them in 2020 either. Now, there is a great theme for cold snap. The lost year, right? The fictional season of the CFL. Could could you write a tabletop scenario based on nothing? Could could yes, you write absolutely. a fictional one, Drew? No, yes. I mean, you personally. Yes, I could absolutely do that. Wow. It's actually been in the back of my mind as something that I should do someday. But what I would need to find then is they just went through free agency right before in 2020, right? Before. Right. 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 But not so the draft. I have to, right. So I have to go find the free agents and where they were. Remember where <laughs> Nick Arbuckle and Matt Nichols right. were at that point? And, and then at that point, you have to get a little inventive because you're either taking stats from 2019, 2021, mismatching right. them, wondering who got right. hurt. At, at that point, then, then it devolves into the realm of fiction, but at least you have a base to play off of. Right. Yeah. 
Well, you could, you know, you could do it the D&D way, too. You can go, okay, who do I want to be injured? You know, and then you roll the seven or whatever. And then that mm-hmm. tells you, and then you go, okay, in game nine or whatever, he's going to be Hey, who had, the, who had the, or, you know, who had the lower stats because they only played so many games? Right, right, right. And like that. See, that, wow, what an interesting, I, I, I never had thought of that until just now. What about that? The lost year of CFL, because, you know, of course, that's a that's a very famous uh, play out is uh, the 1995 baseball season. Right. Like how how would it have ended? You know, that's a, a famous one to do there. And I guess like if you're seriously insane, you're probably like ending that last XFL season that got canceled with the sim game. But talk about having that's, to do your research. That's been, that's been put out there. Oh, has it? Yes, okay. for the for the U.S. version of this game, AAF exists, <laughs> so you can go ahead and finish if you'd like. Nice, nice. You could even have the AFL XFL AAF XFL crossover, right? You could. <laughs> That's wild. All right, hey, well, we got in a bonus plug for our friends there at Old Snap Tabletop Games. Uh, that's play.com, P-L-A-A-Y.com. For some really great tabletop games, we're gonna we're gonna have to talk about that again sometime soon. We did that with Greg uh, when he was on the show, but uh, I just love Sims. Got to talk some Sims this off season again. In we any case, devote an episode or two in the off season to yeah. the people that actually want to listen to to us ramble on about yeah. that for an hour. But for yeah. now, we have real games to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but not anymore for this pod. Yeah, so I'm gonna wrap it up. I'm Oz Davis for my co-host Joe Pritchard. This has been the Rouge Way and Blue CFL podcast. Enjoy the games this week. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.